What's up, my dear colleagues? Welcome to another episode today, Canada Day, July 1st. First, um, this is another episode of Nailing the NCCQE. Today's episode, it's time for more mystery. Well, not so mysterious, because this is such a very common stuff we're gonna talk now. Come on, but also the weirdness of the brain, of your mind, that can get you into mood disorders. Let's jump into it, guys. Mood disorders. Anyone has ever felt the sensation that you got uh, any of this? Like depression. Uh, hmm, what else? Bipolar disorder. All right. Persistent depressive disorder. Cyclothemic disorder. All the variants you can find from depression. Yeah, so the grief, grieving, everybody has got to have the strength to, to, to bear the, breathe, the grieving. And the last we're going to talk about is serotonin syndrome. So let's jump into it, guys. It's going to be a good one. All right. And the first subject here in the middle of the mood disorders is the mm, major depressive disorder. Um, do you agree with me? Major depressive disorder. Of course, it is major depressive disorder. So uh, it presents with at least two weeks course of symptoms the that is a change from the previous level of functioning mm -hmm. the symptoms include depressed mood or anhedonia let's make a pronunciation check here Anhedonia. Anhedonia. So what's anhedonia itself? It's the absence of pleasure. So you take um you take someone to um, I already gave the example of Wonderland the last episode when we talk about um ADS autism spectrum disorder or somewhere else. You take this kid to Niagara Falls. For the very, very first time, he sees something like this. And this person is just uh, flat of his feelings. He's got a flatness on, on his response to seeing something amusing and humongous as the Niagara Falls. So, and other four other, others, including the press mood, most of the day, right? Sadness. And um, I also remember uh, we 
when I studied this before, one of the items that was listed here was uh, easy crying. Like, it's easy to make this person cry. So, weight changes. Yeah, so these people is gonna eat as crazy or it's not gonna eat at all. Sleep changes. Someone who is uh, kind of sleeping the whole day to avoid um, feelings, to avoid uh, thoughts, or probably they spend the whole night overthinking and end up not sleeping at all. Psychomotor disturbances. Well, I would like to get more explanations from that for psychomotor disturbances, because I'm not sure now what do they mean with that. Fatigue. Like, yeah, this person is always tired. Poor concentration. Mm-hmm. This is going to differ from um, ADHD in some other aspects. And thoughts of death and worldliness. Right, so this person believes that uh, he wants to die. Probably not wants to commit suicide, but wants to die or doesn't really want to be alive and he's got not any motive to stay alive like and this can be uh, driven by loneliness guys so uh, very elderly people who ends up alone because most of their friends died most of their family is very away and this is a, a very huge risk Developing um, worldlessness and thoughts of death. And well, yeah, let's try to keep to get along to yeah to come together, guys. Anytime. So major depressive disorder. We're gonna call him NDD. What? All right. So what's the? Neurotransmitter. Okay, I believe I'm saying this right, wrong. Neurotransmitter. Neurotransmitter. There is diminished in MDD. It's diminished. It's decreased. You guys got it? Well, it's not only one, it's a bunch of them. They are norepinephrine serotonin, dopamine, and uh, how is the sleep affected by the NDD, the major depressive disorder? It's any a stage of the dream, of the, of the sleep gonna be all altered. So it's gonna be um, a demean, uh, decrease grand latency. So, and an increase RAM. So what I, uh, I'm not sure about what I'm gonna say now, but I guess they mean with decrease RAM latency they probably mean that it takes a while, it takes longer. Sorry, it takes shorter, right? 
takes takes less time for the REM sleep to uh, for the REM stage to appear. So once it appears, takes a while also to go away the REM sleep. And well, yeah, that definitely definitely may be uh, alterating. Maybe alterating the defectiveness and the and the restness of the of the sleep. How do you diagnose um, depression, major depressive disorder? What are the criteria for them? Oh, but you know, guys, I wanted to make a question before we proceed. And this is a, this is gonna be a retrospective because so. We just say what are the what are the neurotransmitters that are altered in NDD major depressive disorder. All right, you guys know it. There are three: norepinephrine, serotonin, and dopamine. But I should ask you guys: you guys remember from last episode what uh, what are the uh, other altered um, neurotransmitters from the uh, how is it called the disorders we talked before. So autism. You guys remember? I don't remember it yet, but I'm gonna tell. I'm gonna ask you another one. ADHD. What's related to the ADHD um, with? What neurotransmitter um, alteration? It's related with lower levels of dopamine. And. Mm -hmm. I can feel your dopamine. Alright, that's what I can remember now. <clears throat> so. Okay. And uh, how do you diagnose um, NDD? First, as in everything, we just say that the last episode, you rule out medical causes. And the most common of which is hypothyroidism. So someone that is depressed and is fat at the same time, we got a profile here of a hypothyroidism Patient guys, so fat and depressed. Think about thyroid. So the most common neurological associations are Parkinson disease and neurocognitive disorders. All right, so you can rule out bipolar disorder presenting in the depressed phase, right? So you can find bipolar depression. So yeah, be expectant and be uh, pay tons of attention to this patient because you know you don't know when this suddenly can become um into into 
angriness and being easily annoyed by, by the others. But we will dive more into bipolar and the bipolar C and coming up. And how is the treatment? How would you treat major depressive disorders? We have been mentioned tons of these guys, like oh, we list now four groups, right? Of drugs that can treat the our very known uh, depression. But I should ask you. Hmm. Yeah, what's the first-line treatment? First-line treatment is often a selective, selective serotonin reop, reoptic inhibitor, SSRI. Yes, sir. Uh, <clears throat> such as fluoxetine, paroxetine, sertraline. Sertraline, is, I will say, is the most in the, uh, used in Venezuela. Just by the popularity. Citaprolam or escitaprolam. SSRIs are chosen due to their effectiveness and relatively mild side effects and because they are less toxic in overdose than other antidepressants. And as we guys know, the motherfucker, uh, very um, naughty guy from the antidepressant are the tricyclic, right? These guys can really fuck up your heart. And I'm trying to remember, I believe they can give you toxicity the points, torsades the points. So, so see these guys, this is a shocking um, fact. Um, I'm going to make it, uh, make it as a question. What percentage of MDD major depressive disorder has suicidal ideation at some point, what percentage uh, What per percentage of the population or the, or the diagnosed uh, patients? 60%. So more than a half. Um, and I would say most of them. So what are the strategies that come ahead after the SR SSRI? If no effect after four weeks, switch to other SSRI. So if some improvement is not, but not full response, increase the dose of SSRI. Although TCAS can be used, their lethal potential precludes routine, precludes routine use. Yeah, that's what's lethal. Like, you got a patient who can easily commit suicide. So, what if someday this guy swallow all the pills he's got of TCAS? This guy literally dies from an arrhythmia. Instantaneously, I would say. Yeah, that's the risk, guys. So, second line treatment. What would you guys use? You got the serotonin norepinephrine reoptic inhibitor. So, it's another level of SSRI. 
not only you um it's not selective for serotonin you also go with norepinephrine because like we said the neurotransmitter affected by depression are serotonin norepinephrine and dopamine these receptors are either involved in the pleasure dopamine for the short-term pleasure and serotonin for the long-term pressure Ple pleasure like love pleasure dopamine for sexual pressure and well yeah what are examples good examples of SNRIs I'll tell you three venlafaxine duloxetine or desvenlafaxine and this is the perfect moment to our Mm, how is it called? DSMA BDSM Yeah, to our BDSM as a slave to pronounce these um, weird words Please, BDSM slave, pronounce this Venlafaxine, duloxetine, or desvenlafaxine Thank you, my swimmings, my... All right, so side effects include hypertension and sweating. I was wondering, you guys remember that um, we were recommended to use clonidine. There is an alpha agonist. Uh, but I also wonder if this guy can cause uh, uh, hypertension. Well, I'm not gonna stop for that because we, we got a lot of stuff to talk about that is way important. By the way, what's clonidine for? Alright, never mind. Uh, okay, so after this guy, Venlafaxine, Bloodstein, and this Venlafaxine, look for a, an X, guys, in, in these um, responses. As the second line treatment for in depression. So side effects include hypertension and sweating. Alright, so psychotherapy. How's the psychotherapy? Psychotherapy such as cognitive therapy has been proven proven to be effective. The goal of cognitive therapy is to reduce depression by teaching patients to identify negative cognitions and develop positive positive way of thinking. Yeah, guys. So teaches people to think positive. Um, I would really recommend mindfulness for them. Treatment that combines therapy and medication is superior to either treatment alone. This is not really needed to be commented because we know that's a must in, in psychiatry. As as our eyes should not be taken with 
What's the, the danger here, guys, to combine? Our bad friends, or good friends, the MAO. Mao. Mayo, or not mayo. Stop thinking about food, guys. We have to focus on our medicine stuff. And this is psychiatry. This is not gastroenterology, nor uh, whatever. Nor nutrition, not mayonnaise. This is mayo. And this is not the... China Communist Mayo. This is um, Mayo inhibitors are the monoamine oxidase inhibitors. And what's the risk of and this thing? This will cause a dramatic increase in serotonin. Alright, serotonin is good, but we don't want it as much as you think. What can cause what can cause us that sense of serotonin? Alright guys, I, this um this is something like I want I really want to um investigate. Um I believe it's the serotonin syndrome, right? Uh-huh. Let's read something very quick. Yeah, this is exactly what, what, what it's called. Mm-hmm. It's, it's characterized by um, shivering, diarrhea, muscle rigidity, right? Because serotonin helps us to uh, make the muscular contraction. Fevers, issues, and can be lethal. Can Patient can die because of this. So, yeah, that's uh, kind of a risk with, with in um, prescribing the SSRI. Serotonin syndrome. Mm -hmm. Check out these guys. Illegal drugs and dietary supplements are also associated with serotonin syndrome. What the hell? I'm reading this from mayoclinic.org if you want the reference. Agitation or restlessness, confusion, rapid heart rate, and high blood pressure. Alright, so. Exceptions to use SSRI. So when will you not use the SSRI? Variety of depression. So in the following variety of depression. Patient with depression and neuropathic pain. So, there is a pain, like, let's say, uh, mm, Trigemini. 
trigeminal. The trigeminal and nerve is uh, sourced. So yeah, it's you got this patient with with a burning face. Well, not burning, but feels like it's burning. What would you use? You have to use dulocetin. You guys remember what group is this guy from? This is an SNRI. Our second line, our good friend in the second line. Look, second SN helps of help. That's the mnemonic. And the N for nerve for neuropathic pain. All right, so used to do lots of teen since it's approved for both depression and neuropathy. All right, we got another, another, another case here. And I just believe this will help for someone I know and for too many other people. Patient with depression who is fearful of weight gain or sexual side effects or is a smoker trying to quit. What will you give to him to help him quit quitting smoke? And so use bupropion. Bupropion. Please, slave. Bupropion. And guys, I'm I'm not saying that I support slavery. Fuck uh, all the people who um, promote slavery. And by the way, um, I want to send all my condolences to to the families of people of native Canadians because. We're facing a, 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 a harsh uh, times nowadays because, yeah, it's terrible finding out that the church and the federal government has been behind this and uh, behind all these bodies that has been have been discovered. It sucks, guys. Like, um, we, I'll be really ashamed if I'm part of the, of the church now. Well... All right, use bupropion since it was fewer set. It's it's had fewer subtle effects unless. Did I really read this? Read this? Read this? No. So yeah, it's got fewer sexual side effects and less weight gain than SSRIs. This may also be used as adjunct or replacement treatment for SSRI induced sexual side effects. Bupropion has been approved for smoking cessation. Very well. And guess what, guys? Something else is good here. What's the bupropion good for? It lowers seizure threshold. All right, now we got a tip and a case. Tip and a case. Tip and a case. Shock drug. Shock drug. I'm not going mad. And that's just the treatment of ventricular fibrillation or ventricular tachycardia with hemodynamic instability. Shock drug, shock drug. All right. The USMLE step 2 CK will not make you choose between two SSRIs. 
good for those guys who are going to uh, have the USM listed to CK. I don't believe um, the medical consult is going to make this either to us. The choices on the USMLE Step 2 CK med include an SSRI and another antidepressant medication. Pick the clearest. Which is the SSRI? You already know it, right? Sertraline. Sertraline. And I don't remember anything else. Fluoxetine. Paroxetine, citalopram or escitalopram. So, fluoxetine and paroxetine. Alright, guys, so see those, memorize them because they are not the same than the SNRIs. They sound very similar. Let's say SNRIs as venlafaxine, fluoxetine, and ven desvenlafaxine. This is the mnemonic, Venezuela, Venlafatsin, this Venlafatsin. You first wanted to go to Venezuela, but now you figure out there are some trouble there. Now you are this Venlafatsin. Do lots of things, like a double or dulo, do lots of things. Very different from fluoxetine, the fluor and paroxetine. These guys, fluoxetine and paroxetine, they are SSRI. Those are the right answer. We were talking about first-line treatment. So, let's go with the case. We got a 45-year-old... Yeah, the question. Sorry, guys. question is, what is the most indicated treatment at this time? Yeah, so this is someone who has been in a hard time. This is a 40-year-old woman that was recently seen by her primary care physician due to complaints of depressed mood, lack of pleasure, sleep problems, decreased appetite and weight. Decreased energy, Long. Sorry, I missed the page. Decreased energy and problems with concentration. Well, what what else do you want to make the diagnosis of of um, NDD? We just need the duration. She states that these symptoms started when she was fired from her job. Right. So we got an stressor here. About four weeks ago. And that scene, or maybe a, a, a grief, uh, a grieving um, start. And that since then, she has been unable to function. So. But this physician hasn't, uh, uh, for primary care, hasn't uh, indicated anything, right? Well, it sounds pretty much like um, SSRI. So, what's the most indicated treatment at this time? Option A, alprazolam. Option B, paroxetine. Option C, bupropion. 
Option D, Van Lafatzin. And I believe that's all. Hold on. And option E, Trazadon. All right, so I'm a bit afraid to answer the wrong answer. Uh, but yeah, we know that uh, among the SSRI, it's the parotidine. So that will, for me will be the, the right answer just after seeing this tip and seeing the case. But also, well, she's been um, losing weight, right? And she has not uh, stated that she she's afraid to uh, gain weight. So we don't have to go with the, with the bupropion. Yeah, guys, let's go with paroxetine. Let's show our dices and... Oh, hey, we had another option here. Option F, electroconvulsive therapy. And the answer, guys, is the letter B. B, B, paroxetine. B, B, paroxetine. Pa, pa, paroxetine. Oh, that was hard. So she has a diagnosis of major depression and the first line treatment is the use of an SSRA. Hold on, SSRI. Medication because of a better side effect profile compared to the other therapies. All others except alprazolam and electroconvulsive therapy will be useful but Usually are not the first time based on the side effect profile. Hmm. Alprazolam is a benzodiazepine and acts as an anxiolytic or anxiolytic. Hmm. Anxiolytic. Anxiolytic, right. Yeah, it's just like it's just an alprazolam, anxiolytic, and not an antidepressant. Electroconvulsive therapy might be useful. If initial therapy did not work on depression or depression was far more severe and was associated with psychotic features. Electroconvulsive therapy. Sounds so crazy, right? Sounds madness, but it's kind of uh, giving a, an electroshock that can... Uh, kind of uh, reset the head, reset the brain. It's like uh, pushing that button on the on the router or on a device that is gonna reset the things. And I will compare it more like as to those uh, defibrillations or better say an uh, a cardioversion. But this will be a, a cere cerebral version, a brain version. Okay. So we got another case here. Oh, yeah. You saw a 55-year-old man in your office today complaining of depressed mood for over two months. Along with lack of energy. 
decreased appetite, inability to concentrate, and poor sleep. He stated that his sleep problems and inability to focus in the morning are impairing his work. Mm-hmm. And, and the weird thing is that I was expecting something more challenging. Well, which of the following is the most indicated at this time? All right, so the good thing here is that we don't see any, um, oh shit, sorry. I just missed the page again. We don't see any SSRI. All right, so this guy can't sleep. He's been depressed and MDD because it's more than two, two weeks, four weeks. What was the criteria? Criteria say two week. So all the others except blah, 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 blah. That's not what we're doing. He stated that his sleep problems and an inability to focus. All right, so these are the options, guys. Option A, imapramine. Option B, venlafatin. Option C, bupropion. Option D, sulpinem. And option E, mirtazapine. Hmm. So let's dissect this. Sulpinem uh, seems to be all right. Sulpinem is good for um, insomnia. It's, it's even the. Um, hold on. Sulpinem is the first line for insomnia, but it's not for this. Mirtazapine. Is Mirtazapine and. And um, MAO. Mm -hmm. I'll tell you. Yeah, it's an. Hold on. What group is this guy? I'm talking like a maniac. All right, hold on, guys. Uh -huh. 
it's not recommended together with an MAO. So probably it's it's a it's a, a cert and SSRI. It says here is how it works is not clear, but it may involve blocking certain adrenergic and serotonin receptors. Chemically, it is a tetrastatic antidepressant, and is closely related to miacerin. So it's a it's a uh, TCA uh, tetracyclic antidepressant. All right, so. We know it's good, but it's not as good as other guys like Venlafetzine. I'll put it first, right? Because it's it's the second line. We don't have here, we don't find here the first line. Bupropion could be good. Bupropion could be good. You guys remember for what those cases when people don't want to lose their sets ability, their their sets capabilities, and they don't want to um, gain weight. But this guy haven't mentioned anything about weight and like being afraid of weight. And he doesn't smoke. So I'm totally shocked by this question. Uh, so I just think that Van Lafetzine would be good. But honestly, guys, could be whatever. Could be propion. Could be mirtazapine, but I don't like mirtazapine too much because TC, tricyclic antidepressants, they have just mm, unrecommended them. Let's see what it is. And the answer is the SOB mirtazapine. Hmm. Let's read this. Although any antidepressant can be used, mirtazapine is preferable in this patient for both its antidepressant and sedative effects. All right, so, but the girl before didn't sleep. So, you tell me. Clarify me, please. All right, so, imipramine will have too many side effects. And it's not a first-line agent. Then lafetzine might be considered if the patient had depression alone. Since insomnia is a major concern, mirtazapine is a better option. Bupropion tends to cause problems with sleep. So it's not indicated. Mm -hmm. Salpinin will help this patient sleep with but will not treat this, his depression. Exactly, that's what I say. That's the only thing I say right in this question. Salpinin. <laughs> and Imapra meaning that we don't know him, we don't want him. But the guy was Murtaspin, a TCA. Tetracycline antidepressant. Despite the risk of dying of uh, lethal arrhythmia. And you can even combine it with MAO. So, well, guys, congrats so far because we have been nailing it for 40 and more minutes. And it's time to talk about bipolar disorder.
Hold on, cowboy. Don't go so fast. So before we get into bipolar, I want to add something to depression that I just took from the YouTube channel that I love and I want you guys to recommend. It's called Dirty Medicine. And so it's very good videos about this thing we're starting, guys. You can find there from questions alone, subjects alone. Yeah, guys, so these guys are just right there. And this guy doesn't even make an introduction to the videos. It's, that's great. He just goes straight to the, to the point. So, and what he's saying here is, first, the DSM-5 criteria, they were important, guys. And why? DSM-5 criteria, <clears throat> those are the ones you need to make the diagnosis. So, uh, first of all, more than two weeks with the symptoms. Those are the ones that are needed to diagnose the MDD. The next thing will be the side cups. Alright, so side cups is more than five symptoms. And this is the mnemonic side cups. So this is more than two weeks that he calls depression is two blue weeks. And you got the five side cups side caps symptoms. <clears throat> what are those? So S is for sleep. I for interest, G for guilt, E for energy, C concentration, that's going to be diminished, A for appetite, P for psychomotor retardation, <clears throat> and S suicidal, oh my, suicidal thoughts. So guys, uh, important here from this mnemonic, let's pick the two letters S and D. the first S and the little A. Sleep and appetite. So these guys are going to be diminished in the typical or melancholic depression. Whereas if you see them that you see that they are um, um you see more than this, the, the patient want, wants to sleep more and it's got more appetite. So probably this patient just does, uh, he just want to uh He's got an atypical depression, all right? So, important side note here, guys. The DSM-5 criteria and this side cap mnemonic. So, once clarify that, we're good to go to start bipolar, bipolar disorder. Thanks to the audience. All right, all right, hold down, please. Bipolar disorder, which by definition is a mood disorder. We're going to talk about now the bipolar type 1, right? So it's a mood disorder where the patient experiences maniac symptoms that last at least one week. That cause significant distress in the level of functioning, all right? And guess what, guys? I just found another mnemonic. From our dear friend, Dirty Medicine. I love this guy. Definitely. He's very good. He's a big one. So, the mnemonic for the symptoms. And these are the maniac symptoms. 
They are, the mnemonic is dig fast. And for those with uh, dirty uh, imagination, those with, hmm, those with nasty minds, I should clarify that it's not dig fast, it's dig, dig. Like when you dig something, you dig um, down the earth, you dig, um, you make a hole, right? So dig fast stands for distractibility, the I for impulsivity, impulsive, impulsivity, G for grandiosity. So these guys, they lose their attention easily. The bipolar uh, person and uh, makes things like in, in an impulsive way. They have an ideas of grandiosity. That that's the G. The F stands for flight of ideas. Master boards call them racing thoughts. The A stands for activity. So Master boards points that saying that this is an excessive involvement in activities that cause pleasure. All right. I'm thinking that maybe I had this because, uh, all right, probably while while studying, then go to uh, skateboard for a while, then I come back to study. But well, yeah, I had tons of more stuff to do. I don't, I don't, I don't only do that. I also have to work and um, have my social interactions. I believe myself to be still very uh, healthy mentally, but well, any anyway. Activity, pleasure activities, activities, sleep. How is the, the sleep involving here? And this, there can be an, a decreased need for sleep because this person is maniac and he, they can spend the whole night awake while doing their uh, pleasurable activities. Or they also can be uh, working on a goal-directed activity. So they are very focused into passing the NCCQE or passing the USMLE um, step to CK or well yeah and for and lastly you're gonna fight talkativeness talkativeness let's make a pronunciation check right talkativeness 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 I know I said it mostly right All right, all right. So, yeah, well, mm, here's mentioned that it could be pressure speech. Mm -hmm. But what I also not mention here that this patient can be can present elevated mood, increased self esteem, and yeah, basically that. All right, so that's the mnemonic, guys, for uh, for the um, many symptoms. There are seven, and the mnemonic is dig fast, structurability, impulsivity, grandiosity, fly of ideas, activity, sleep, and talkativeness. So I shall ask you now, guys, what? Is the relationship? What's the affected neurotransmitter? 
within the bipolar disorder. What we're gonna find here is an increased level of norepinephrine and serotonin, which makes tons of sense. It's the whole opposite of depression. I guess these uh, neurotransmitters get wasted once um, the mania phase um, gets over after a whole week of rush and madness. How do you diagnose this? And I would say better, what do you have to rule out before you made a diagnosis? So you got to make sure that the condition is not secondary to drug use, such as cocaine or amphetamine use. Right? So I don't want to develop maniac and while treating an ADHD. All right, so we got a classification here for the bipolar um, bipolar disorder. And the good thing is that our beloved friend, the master board, explains it in a very easy way, in a very simplified manner. There's a text here before. So the difference between mania and hypomania has to do with the severity of the symptoms, level of functioning, and duration. Many symptoms last more than one week. Yeah, we have just been saying that. Affect functioning and are severe enough to warrant hospitalization. Jesus Christ, how do you hospitalize someone? Just because of this. We will learn that. Hypomaniac symptoms last less than one week, do not severely affect functioning and are not severe enough to warrant hospitalization. And that's really related to cases. When we're going to see questioning cases, we're going to see that they brought us the patient just after the, the mania phase. So, I should ask you now, guys. Uh, is the bipolar disorder any related to genetics? And the answer is, of course. And how much is it? Well, this the thing is that this is regarded as the illness with the greatest genetic linkage. Well, um, talking like illness... I don't know if they mean that this goes beyond the this goes beyond the how is it called beyond the psychiatry world and psychiatry universe. I would say I don't know, maybe other guys are more transmittable by genetic. There are not psych psychiatric disease. So how are they compound? Um, the the types of bipolar disorder. We got the bipolar disorder type 1, and I will say, in my personal opinion, is the classic one, in which you see mania and depression. However, we're going to find too that 
depression is still a good ally of the bipolar disorder because it appears once again in bipolar disorder type 2 in which you're going to find hypomania and depression together. Well, this doesn't clarify yet how is the, how's the real difference between mania and hypomania, but remember they just told us that the difference itself is the severity of the symptoms, level of functioning and duration. Alright, they just told us that mania lasts more than one week and take you to the hospital hypomaniac less than one week and don't take won't take you to the hospital but well yeah always a case is good to clarify these kind of things let's jump to it what will be the most likely diagnosis and this clearly is gonna be about type 1 and type 2 a 21 year old college student is taken to the emergency department it smells that smells Smells like type 1. But let's see. And admitted after she was noted to be acting bizarrely in class. She's talking fast and giggling. And she reports that she has not slept for over 4 days. She appears to be paying little attention to her surroundings. Her roommate reports that she has been drinking alcohol excessively over the last few days and has had many sexual contacts with unknown men. Hmm, isn't this an syphilis on its <laughs> neurological face? <laughs> All right. So she's talking fast and giggling. She reports not have been sleeping. Let's dissect this. Well, this is a this is a good case. All right, let's jump into the um into the answers. Alright, from A to E, little a, alcohol-induced mood disorder, little b, bipolar disorder type 1, smells good for me, L uh, little c, bipolar disorder type 2, option d, major depression with psychosis, and option e, cyclothemia. All right, we, we already um, know about depression, right? So, doesn't sound too, sound too bad, the major depression with psychosis, but we also have here the, um, the presence of alcohol. So I still like bipolar disorder type 1, but I will say that I like the most the alcohol-induced mood disorder. 
Let's jump into the answer. And it's the letter B. Hmm, tricky question, isn't it? Let's read the explanation of letter B for bipolar disorder type 1. So let's read the explanation from our beloved friend, the master of the boards. So the patient's exhibiting mania, as shown by her pressure speech, decreased sleep, increased libido, hmm, increased libido, and inappropriate behavior. The symptoms are severe enough that her level of functioning is affected. Bipolar disorder occurs more frequently in young individuals. So why do they rule out alcohol in this mood disorder? And what I think is that probably... So, guys, check out the onset of the symptoms. Today is when she's acting bizarrely. But this has been like um, this sleep dep deprivation has been for more than four days, and um, the alcohol and drinking is being over the last few days. So few days can be um, understood like two days, last few days. Huh, it's kind of uh, ambiguous, right? But during mania, I believe you can um, have some intoxication with alcohol. Right, so that's the tricky part of this. So, well, we're going to leave that in, on hold. Um, if you guys know why... We definitely rule out the alcohol-induced mood disorder. Send me an email and I will share the answer in the next episode. Now let's jump, jump into the treatment of bipolar disorder. So you must distinguish whether you are treating acute mania or bipolar depression. Right. I guess it's depending on the phase you're treating it. So, what will you use in acute mania? There is a very famous uh, guy that has been used uh, for a long time for to treat um, our good friend um, bipolar disorder, and it's the lithium. Very simple, just a metal. Give him that metal. Which I don't really know how it's the mechanism, but it should be related with the inhib inhibition of the of those um, sympathetic ways of epinephrine and serotonin. So, what else can you use? You can use valproic acid. Very widely used, I remember. And a typical antipsychotics, antipsychotics as first-line treatments. I'm just hoping we get a list of an, a typical antipsychotics. Seems like we don't. Mm -hmm. Okay, guys, I'm going to look that for you.
that's the level of compromise I got with this podcast. I wouldn't let, let, uh, leave you guys with this uh, such an important doubt. So atypical antipsychotics are risperidone. Remember risperidone? Yeah, we use this guy for... Uh, For the aggressive aggressiveness in remember ADS ASDs pardon uh, sorry out uh, autism spectrum disorder in in which guys are angry and not angry but um, aggressive. Where is spiridon ketchupine olanzapine. Ciprasidon, Paliperidon, and Clozapine. Hard stuff with the with the with this kind of drugs is that we only see them in, in psychiatry. It's not like those drugs we have in emergency medicine. They are the same that and we use in cardiology, and yeah, that's the thing, guys. Drugs evolve and we can't stay behind them. So those are the first line, guys. Do you know it? Do you remember? Lithium, propoic acid, and atypical antipsychotics. As risperidone, ketiapine, olanzapine, clozapine, etc. So we have... What if we have acute mania with severe symptoms? What will be good here to have is an atypical antipsychotic. And why? Because of the shorter answer of, of action. So would, this would be good for a guy who is in the hospital. Because we want the antipsychotic to ask, act fast. And we don't want to paralyze for such a long time the patient with uh, restraints. So if bipolar disorder... What to use? Sorry, if bipolar depression. If you got bipolar depression, use lithium. Ketchupine. Ketchupine is also an atypical. Luracidone or lamotrigine. So yeah, this is the combo for the for the depressed. Lithium, ketchupine, lurasonide, and lamotrigine. It's a combo of three L's and a Q, letter, letter Q. Lithium, lurasonide, lamotrigine, and ketchupine. Pay attention, guys, because um, I may I might ask you this um, afterwards. Lurasidone can be used in pregnancy if the benefits overweigh, outweigh the risk. As with other atypical antipsychotics, fetuses are exposed to that are exposed to lorazepam in the third trimester have an increased risk of strap um, pyramidal pyramidal symptoms, pyramidal symptoms. Extra. All right, I need to check, please. Extra pyramidal. So if kidneys are compromised, 
what would uh, what would you avoid? Definitely lithium. Yeah, it's a heavy. It's a this metal maybe it's been uh, thrown away by the kidney. So, uh, what if you had a a woman with um, childbearing age? What would you avoid? Devalpret. Devalpret. Whoa. Who is that guy? <laughs> I wasn't even thinking about giving it to anyone. So, what will you avoid during uh, bipolar depression? This is something kind of risky. So I would suggest you guys to try to find out if this patient who seems to be depressed have ever had maniac symptoms. Because if you give an SSRI to a depressed to a bipolar depression, you try to get a risk to induce mania. And that's way bad. As you can imagine. So, uh, and the take-home message, guys, the tip we have here is that the lithium is the first-line treatment for bipolar disorders. And we got another case here. Hell yeah. We got a 33-year-old man that was taken to the emergency room. Uh, do you feel that smell? It smells like bipolar Taiwan. Um, so, by the police officer, after neighbors complain about his behavior. Mm -hmm. And when do neighbors complain? Usually at night, right? When people... Uh, so, this patient was probably not sleeping. But I'm not going to go too uh, um, far away with this without reading. Families inf family informed the doctor that he has been diagnosed with bipolar disorder and was recently started on lithium so this lithium is not doing well seems like while in the emergency room he became combative and punched a nurse in the mouth on the mouth so what would be the next step in the management of this patient option a obtain lithium level admit to psychiatric unit c refer to psychiatry D, adult valproic acid, and E, olanzapine. All right, you guys have your answer. I believe I have mine, and I will go with olanzapine. It's an olanzapine, and uh, yeah, it is. It's an anti, a typical antipsychotic psychotic, because these guys, olanzapine, risperidone, ketipine, ciprasidone. Paliperidone, Aripi, uh, Aripiprazole, the other friend of the autism guys, and Clozapine. These guys, they are typical, are the, our aid when we have an acute symptom and we are in the emergency room. So, lithium level sounds good, but we want to solve them. The, the situation. 
So imagine this. There is a, a punched nurse. Who's going to give him... Uh, who's going to send the next nurse to obtain a lithium level? Well, you should also admit to psychiatric uni. Because how are you going to put the olanzapine with this guy and punching everyone? So I will go, I would like that B of admit psychiatric unique, but as uh, since the, since the more scientific answer are usually uh, right, so I will go with olanzapine, but let's check it out. And the answer. And the answer, my beloved people, is Olanzapine, little E. Hell, hell, hell yeah. Thanks for the ovation. Thanks for the ovation. So let's, let's say why. The patient is exhibiting mania and you do not need to verify the lithium level given that his symptoms are acute. He apparently has been non-complained with medications and obtaining a level is not the correct answer. He needs to be medicated as soon as possible. Jesus Christ. And the antipsychotics are considered the first-line treatment for bipolar patients presented with acute, acute mania. Admitting an agitated patient to the psychiatric unit is not as important as, as administering adequate treatment. Referred to psychiatry is never the correct answer. I'm stat to CK and they told us that on toxicology. So if you guys heard toxicology with me, you guys probably knew that was the wrong answer always. And now I want you to have innovation for yourself because you just nailed and you're a master you're a you're a you're the best thing to finish bipolar disorder you probably just have to listen to this thing twice and you're a badass and a bananas treating the disorder bipolar disorder so, um, let's talk about now the um, a couple of disorders, and now you guys are free to go. Yeah. Yeah, guys, I don't want to make this so, so long. So, so yeah, we still had some time, guys. Um... Let's go with persistent depressive disorder. Right, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Persistent depressive disorder. And uh, like we said, it's just worse than depression, right? Let's see if there's something else inside. Persistent depressive disorder is characterized by the presence of depressed mood that lasts most of the day and is present almost continuously. Alright, we already knew this. Symptoms must be present for more than two years. Alright, but 
Mm, didn't we have that? No, we just needed um, two weeks, right? With a normal depression, with major depression. Two weeks, right. Two weeks just for major depressive disorder. But persistent is more, it's for more than two years. So what's the difference here? Symptoms must be present for more than two years, one in children or adolescents. Treatment, yeah, because uh, let's think about children like it's a, an area in which things happen very fast. It's just a, it's just a glimpse. And so, treatment, how will you, how will you treat this? Treatment is with antidepressant medications and psychotherapy. So I was expecting psychotherapy from a while ago in major depression. But, whoa, seems like they don't require uh, a real psychotherapy for just a week of depression. And it makes tons of sense because I have seen that people have been treated in this way. And probably this is, the, this is why. I remember once telling my family doctor that I've been feeling depressed from a while ago and he just sent me a an antidepressant, seriously it was. And no and there was no uh, psychotherapy um that he wanted me to do. And uh, but actually guys, you know, I didn't take the antidepressant. I just um Recover by myself and yeah. Thanks if you were wondering how now I'm great. And killing it and nailing it. Nailing this podcast and with all the energies and this and and in life. It's good to feel to be alive. It's good to feel alive. So Persistent depressive disorder symptoms are not severe enough for hospitalization. Check out that, guys. So you probably have this patient that's been around there for more than two years with depression, but he's never came in his life to the to the to the how is it called to uh, I'm an emergency room, right? So cyclothymic disorder. All right. What's the cyclothymic disorder? And just need my my good friend here. Cyclothymic. 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 So, cyclothymic disorder or cyclothymia is characterized by the presence of hypomaniac episodes and male depression. So, it's okay. So Uh, 
hypomaniac episodes and depression. So what what will be the difference between this and and type two uh type two uh, bipolar disorder? I don't know, guys. Symptoms must be present for more than two years. So treatment is with lithium, valproic acid, or antipsychotic medication and psychotherapy. So everything that lasts too much, so more than two years, this guy definitely needs a uh, uh, psychotherapy, like we just said with persistent uh, persistent depressive disorder. So we, but psychothermic disorder. What's the take-home message? I uh, invite you guys to compare this cyclothemic disorder to the, this this time this thymia disorder. All right, let's let's check this out. This thymia. Cyclothymic dysthymic. Dysthymic, because dysthymic, we, we're also gonna find two more than two years of and depressive symptoms, but they're nor they're they don't gather the whole five CG gaps. There are less than five CG gaps, and we don't we're not gonna see here the mm, maniac episodes, but in cyclothymic, we're gonna find a hypomaniac episodes. So symptoms must be present for more than two years, and treatment is with. Lithium, so it's, I would say it's kind of a, a mild um, type 2 bipolar disorder. Yes, sir. That seems like that's it. So major depressive disorder with the typical features. How is that? All right. I like this one. It's very interesting. This will be a kind of a variant of a depression. So a typical depression is characterized by... Reverse vegetative changes. Hmm. Yeah, so remember guys, we talk about this. We talk about the, the differences between the atypical and typical. So in atypical and atypical, these guys affect the S and the I. Sleep and... And... Uh, and... Uh, what's the A? Sleep, uh, S and A. The appetite, right? <laughs> so, reverse the uh, vegetative changes. So, the typical increase, increases the sleep and increases the weight. And also increases the appetite. Whereas the typical decreases all these things. This also, um, we're going to find in the typical interpersonal rejection sensitivity that results in a significant social or occupational impairment. So this guy is a typical, he doesn't want to talk and he's got to fuck up um, social life and occupational impairment. The patient's mood tends to be worse in the evening. Right. Patient may complain of extremities feeling heavy. Whoa. That's tough. The treatment is with SSRIs. Who are the SSRIs? Once again. Our good friends, sertraline, fluoxetine, paroxetine, citabrolan, and citabrolan. 
we have um, three ins and two uh, prams. Fluoxetine, sertraline, paroxetine, citalopram or acetalopram. And we're also going to find MAOIs. What are the MAOIs? Phenelzine, phenelzine, isocarboxazid, or tranecliptamine, and we have a tip here. MAOIs are the correct answer on usable step to CK for the treatment of atypical depression. Whoa, very interesting. So, and we're gonna, okay, I, I'm gonna add something here, guys, that I really liked and I took from Virtue Medicine. So, interesting thing here is that the major depressive disorder with atypical features. Never mind. Never mind. So, just remember, guys, giving the MAOIs. So, now. Let's talk about major depressive disorder with say seasonal pattern. So we just think about this like the as the uh the thing we see here with with uh, winter but that's a tough thing about living in Canada. All right, let let's let's stop guessing and let's read this. This disorder is characterized by seasonal changes in mood during fall and winter. Symptoms include weight gain, increased sleep, and lethargy. And this sounds pretty much like a bear going to hibernation state. Uh, am I saying it right? Yeah. Hibernation. Hibernation. Lethargy. Lethargy. How will you treat with phototherapy? Mm hmm. And bupropion. Thinking about phototherapy, I should open the window because. Not the window, but at least the. Uh, how is it called? The curtains. I just opened them. I want you to listen to this. That's the sound of my curtains being opened because I just spent most of the day. And which with very low quantity of light and well yeah I don't wanna have um this this um kind of um depressive disorder in the middle of summer. So in phototherapy patients should be 12 to 18 inches, so it's kind of close, right? From a source of 10,000 lutes of white fluorescent light without UV wavelengths. Whoa, for 30 minutes each morning. The patient's eyes should be kept open, but it's not necessary to stare at the light. That's insane, guys. I love that therapy. So, how's the therapy? You guys remember? 
12 to 18 inches in the morning from the stars of 10,000 lutes, white fluorescent light without UV wavelengths. Which is cool because UV wavelengths, I would say they are linked with uh, skin cancer, right? So. The patient's eyes should be kept open, but it's not necessary to stare at the light. That's the thing. And I got a tip here for you guys. Major depressive disorder with seasonal pattern is thought to be related to abnormal melatonin metabolism. So the melatonin is the, is the guy who is um, messing around here. And... And sadly, 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 guys, sadly, this episode has come to an end. Really? Are you guys clapping? You guys cheering? This is the saddest thing ever. We're ending up the episode. Come on, guys. Where is the desire of starting, of learning? Really? Come on, man. All right, I'm going to... Keep starting along. Thanks for listening, guys. I hope you keep nailing that damn test.